welcome to Training for Godliness, where we take a few minutes to remind each other to stay focused on spiritual things during our daily walk with God. I'm your host, Paul Hammonds. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Training for Godliness. I appreciate those of you who subscribed to our podcast and followed us on Facebook and listened in as we have sporadically produced episodes this year. As we head into the fall, we're winding down Season 2, and we'll shortly start working on some new things for Season 3. But in the meantime, I hope these things have been useful and encouraging for you. We talked a lot about motivation this year, and clearly that's one of the greatest challenges to living a life that demands excellence, but doesn't always provide us with regular progress reports on how we're doing. One of the biggest issues we often have, just like with physical training, is that unless we have a clear-cut goal in front of us with measurable progress points, We may find ourselves wondering if what we're doing matters at all. Is the work I'm putting in worth it? Am I really better off now than when I started? And that can be even harder when we look around and realize that no one else is really putting in the work that we're putting in. It's one thing if we're training for the Olympics or we're professional athletes. We know in those contexts that we're working towards a whole different level of accomplishments that require a whole different level of commitment. But what if that accomplishment is less dramatic? Maybe I just want to be healthy. Maybe I had the dream of competing in a local race because I thought it'd be fun. Or maybe I just got caught up in a health trend, and since my friends are all doing it, I'll do it as well. It's a lot easier in those situations to justify quitting, or at least not putting in maximum effort. Because we look around at the people who want the same thing as we do, and yet they don't seem to be working that hard. We might get discouraged because they're getting much better results with much less effort. Or we might become disillusioned with the goal itself, when we see that others really don't take it that seriously. In most of those cases, I think we all get that the answer is to keep going, because it's about my health and not theirs. If my friend is content to eat junk food and smoke cigarettes and neglect physical exercise, then they may or may not suffer adverse effects as a result, but their actions don't have any impact on me or my ability to take care of myself. And they don't change the fact that my choices will have an impact on my health for good or bad. So why is it that we see so many people who do not see this on a spiritual level? How often do we look around and see people who are comfortable, who are living lives that they enjoy, but who don't seem committed to sacrificing for the cause of Christ? They aren't working any harder than the rest of the world. I don't see a noticeable difference between how they live and how my nice, friendly, but non-Christian neighbors are living. They worship when it's convenient. They give when they have extra. They're nice to people who are nice to them. They come, they worship, they leave. And they don't do anything related to God until the following week. At least that's our impression of them. We don't really know in a lot of cases, but if we don't see it ourselves, we often assume that it's just not there. And so then we ask ourselves, why should we do all the things that we know we ought to do? Why should we turn the other cheek or go the extra mile, endure the difficulties that come with truly living a Christ-centered life if no one else seems to be doing it? One of the most common cited reasons for leaving the faith is a reaction to the lack of commitment from those around them. When children grow up in homes where serving God is typically superficial, they aren't going to see the point in honoring what they see as nothing more than a family tradition once they leave the house. We often criticize people who renounce God because they don't want to worship with a bunch of hypocrites, but do we understand how difficult it is to maintain a faith when you perceive that no one else is doing it either? The actions of our brothers and sisters in Christ play a huge role in whether we'll remain faithful to God. That's why so much is written in scriptures about exhorting each other, encouraging each other, holding each other accountable for our lives and our choices. We're called not to create a stumbling block for each other, 
We, we live our lives not just thinking about our own faith, but how our faith is either helping or damaging someone else. And I think the reason this is so common is because people don't live up to the standard of Christ. I mean, none of us do. And if we're taking cues from people around us, it's easy to either settle into what we perceive to be the middle of the pack spiritually, where we don't stand out too much, we don't look too odd or out of place, but we're still ahead of a lot of people, so we can still feel like we're accomplishing something. Or just to give up entirely. After all, if nobody else thinks it's worth the effort, why should I? The challenge is that while we run the race together, we're judged individually. Jesus made that point constantly while he was on this earth, pointing his disciples' attention back inwardly every time they started looking around them. When people asked him about the sinfulness of men who died in an accident earlier, his answer essentially was, you worry about your relationship to God. Whether they were righteous or not won't change how God sees you. When Peter learned that he was going to suffer and die in the service of Jesus, he asked, well, what about John? Jesus responded, what is that to you? You follow me. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus told his listeners that unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. He didn't mean that the scribes and Pharisees were the bar by which they would be measured. He meant that you can't settle for what religion looks like around you, even when it's practiced by people who ought to be excelling in their service to God. Your standard is the word of God, not the behavior of other people. Paul wrote later that when people measure themselves by themselves or by each other, they are without understanding. And we have to remember that as well. Because as Paul wrote to Timothy, if we are faithless, he, meaning God, remains faithful. The idea that people around us aren't living godly lives doesn't nullify God's command that we live godly lives. So let's continue to encourage each other. Keep striving to conform ourselves to the image of Christ, not the image of the flawed people around us, who may be doing the best they can do, just like we are, but falling short, just like we do. We know that the grace of God is there for us, if we're willing to live as if we want it. Not living as if we're more concerned about conforming to the effort level, or lack thereof, of the people around us. Don't be discouraged. Keep training for godliness. Thanks for your attention. We'll see you next time.